Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. look at what is setting up for what we have in the next book um, as we've been going through uh, Jacob and Joseph's story. Um, and we're going to be reading about uh, Joseph's sons getting blessed today and uh, all that that has um, in, in it uh, and for us to really kind of get captured uh, for what we have going forward. Let's pray and let's get into the word and see what God has for us today on this Thursday morning. Lord, we just, uh, we thank you right now. Um, we thank you for this time that we have. Uh, we pray a blessing over this time. We pray a blessing over your word that we're about to read and dive into, Lord. Um, may this uh, be your teaching for us and not my own. Lord, I surrender myself um, to you. May you use me as your vessel uh, to bring your word to light to so many people um, this morning and later on. Uh, Lord, I just pray a blessing over all of us that are listening and over the families uh, represented uh, by all those that are listening as well. Lord, may you also do a work in their lives uh, and continue to show uh, the majesty and glory of who you are through what you do in so many people's lives. Um, Lord, we just thank you. Uh, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's go. Let's get a stretch in and get that little sip of coffee and let's dive into Genesis 48. All right. I'm reading out of the New King James as I typically do. Um, verse one. Now it came to pass after these things that Joseph was told, indeed, your father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And Jacob, also known as Israel. Rem remember this as we talk about, as we read this, his name gets flopped back and forth throughout this chapter, Jacob slash Israel. Um, so just keep in mind. Um, and Jacob was told, look, your son Joseph is coming to you. And here he is. And Israel straight, uh, strengthened himself and sat up in the bed. And then Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty, appear to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said to me, behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you. And I will make of you a multitude of people and give this land to your descendants after you as an everlasting possession. And now your two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt, are mine as Reuben and Simeon. They shall be mine. Your offspring who you begot after them shall be yours. They will be called by the name of their brothers in their inheritance. But as for me, when I came from Padan, Rachel died, 
beside me in the land of Canaan on the way when there was but a little distance to go to Ephrath. But I buried her there on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. Then Israel saw Joseph's sons and said, who are these? Joseph said to his father, they are my sons whom God has given me in this place. And he said, please bring them to me and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim with age so that he could not see. Then Joseph brought them near to him and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I had not thought to see your face, but in fact, God has also shown me your offspring. So Joseph brought them before his uh, knees, and he bowed down with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim with his right hand toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh with his left hand towards Israel's right hand, and brought them near him. Then Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, guiding his hands knowingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, walked, the God who has fed me all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads. Let my name be named upon them in the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude on the midst of the earth. Now, when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. So he took hold of his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head and to Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to his father, no, or not so, my father, for this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He also shall become a people, and he also shall be great. But truly, his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his descendants shall become a multitude of nations. So he blessed them that day, saying, By you Israel will bless, saying, May God make you as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And thus he set Ephraim before Manasseh. Then Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I am dying, but God will be with you and bring you back to the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given to you one portion above your brothers, which I took from the hand of the Amorite with my sword and my bow. The word of the Lord. So there's a lot kind of going on and a little bit to unpack. Um, there's some, what we see is culture getting in the way of blessing um, in the eyes of Joseph. What's going on here is, um, this is also a foretelling of the growth and the starting of what is to be the 12 tribes of Israel. 
we'll actually read more in depth of um of that tomorrow in 49 so i don't want to go too much into that but really what is what we see in a bigger picture in this um chapter specifically is that joseph never really gets um can uh counted as a tribe of israel for the most part joseph becomes the father of two tribes of both the tribe of manasseh and the tribe of ephraim but ephraim is considered the firstborn in this um he's not physically the firstborn but he's considered that and so we'll get into that as we kind of um go through this uh chapter a little bit one of the big things is that um you know, we see that kind of confusingly, Jacob's name gets bounced back and forth between Jacob and Israel. It's Israel or is it Jacob? And if you, you almost got to read the chapter a couple of times to just replace the uh, the name Jacob with Israel or the other way around, whichever. Um, but it's the same person. Just We love to kind of see that there's some semblance in that, though. Jacob was the original name of him, is, but then God renames him when God gets a hold of him and names him Israel. And we still see this back and forth with his name um, in a way that kind of reminds me of a lot of us. A lot of us that have already accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior but sometimes we seem to go back and forth. Well, sometimes in our lives, we even go back and forth between, wow, I got to remember my salvation today versus other days, my salvation's on the forefront of my mind. <laughs> Certain days, oh my gosh, today was not a good day. And I have to remember um, what God has done for me to kind of get through the day. Some of those days, I'm sure that some of us kind of, you know, we slip back into our old habits. We slip back into um, certain things that, you know, we're not too proud of in our lives or habits in which we're just not proud of having at all. Uh, weaknesses or temptations in which we deal with. And we can kind of have this wrestling with ourselves all the time, uh, wrestling with our sinful nature. But yet, Jesus has redeemed us. Jesus has called us. Jesus has uh, paid the price of our salvation so that we get to be sons and daughters of the Most High. We get to be that because of his sacrifice and what he's done to come and capture us. But we go through this struggle. And this is in a way, as we read this and as I'm, you know, wrestling with why would I write something like this, where I go back and forth with the person, two different names. And it really hits me with we're doing the same thing in our own lives and we back, go back and forth a lot. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves of what God has called us and what, how God sees us versus how we see ourselves because we're often our own worst critic. So may we also remind ourselves that we are Israel and not Jacob. That no matter what 
somebody writes about us that we are Israel, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you work through your salvation every day, if you are in that sanctification process, then you are Israel. You are Israel. Remember that today if you've had a bad week. Remember that today if you've had a bad day just yesterday. Remember that if maybe you're in a funk right now where it, you're just still wrestling with um, whatever is going on in the world around you, you are Israel. You are saved. Jesus paid the price. God has you. Never forget that. So that's one of the, I think, little things, not even directly pertaining to the story, but just seeing that name flipping and flopping really kind of captured me a little bit um, with that. The other part is we see that really there's kind of this struggle of um, this blessing getting passed down. This blessing is seen from Abraham all the way through till now. It's It seems to have not gone the way that, if you will, culture would say uh, the blessing should have went through. A couple of times, it didn't go to the literal firstborn. It went to somebody else. And is passed down through unlikely means in but the bigger picture here is regardless of how we want things to happen, God is still faithful. God is still faithful even when we don't think so because we're judging God off of our plan, our way of thinking, our idea, our, our uh, cultural expectation of how things should go. And we see even Joseph doing the same thing here almost forgetting how he unexpectedly has received so much favor from the Lord throughout his life. But here he's falling into this trap of culture and saying, my first, my literal firstborn must be the one to get the blessing. And that's not how that happened. Yet Joseph, of course, is not the firstborn of his father, and we see that God has blessed him throughout the trials and tribulations of his life. Too often, we still get our minds wrapped around what our cultural expectations are versus what God's true plan is. And those often, uh, at many times when we don't understand what God is doing, is because we're judging it off of what our expectations are how, on how we want the plan to go or how culture, uh, or sometimes historic traditional expectation would tell us how it should go. But our God is a God of a lot of unexpected ways of happening. But the only thing, and the one thing we should always keep in mind, is no matter how he does it, is that he does do it, and that he is faithful, regardless. He is faithful to keep his promise. He is faithful so much that here Israel slash Jacob is remembering the promise in the dream that it's so vivid 
Um, and actually his uh, appearance to him, um, not dream, but memory, uh, excuse me, his appearance to him in Luz. Uh, Luz here is also just another name for Bethel. Um, so if, you know, if you're remembering back where it happened in Bethel, Luz is just another name for that same area. And Elena came and blessed me and said to me, behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you. And I will make you a multitude of people. Here's where we actually see this blessing. And we're going to get into it even more deeper in 49 um, tomorrow, too, and, and continuing further on. But this is really kind of a little bit of the start of really seeing how the blessing from Abraham all the way through is now spreading to ultimately being 12 tribes of Israel. Um, and that can be confusing in its own way, uh, because I was kind of like going through that and I was like, all right, wait a minute, let me count all this out. Um, because if you count out actually all the tribes, you actually get 13. You get 13, but one tribe was specifically told not to be counted, and we see that later in Numbers. Um, looking through all the tribes real quick, and the eastern part, if we look at Israel, in the eastern part, it would be Judah, uh, Asher, and Zebulon. In the southern, it would be Reuben, Simeon, and Gad. In the western, here's where Joseph's two sons or where Joseph is the father of two tribes of Israel, Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin. And those are on the western side. And then northern would be Dan, Asher, and Naphtali. Levi is the one tribe that we all think of, but is not to be counted in the 12. Um, and that's in Numbers 3, 11 through 13. God concentrates the tribe of Levi specifically and says, do not count them uh, according to the tribes of Israel. Um, and so ultimately we have 13 and we see this birthing. This is the literal people that all of these tribes are then called. And here we see the blessing and the starting of that, of Joseph's two sons. We see this craziness in that um, so Israel, or otherwise Jacob, he's so old, his eyes have dimmed. Um, quite possibly, he's got cataracts, right, uh, in his eyes at this age. Um, you know, that you kind of can see when somebody has cataracts or whatever in their eyes, they, they get that fog or their haze over their eyes because it's literally physically in their eye. My grandmother had that, and you could almost physically see it that their eyes are going dim. And so their eyesight is not so good. They almost can't see at all. My grandmother had it so bad that she would describe it as putting a fist in front of your face, like right here. And you could only see barely on the periphery. You could never really see anything directly in front of you. Um, so of course she didn't drive, thank God. <laughs> um, but this is kind of imagine something that your eyesight is so hindered that you have to walk on faith and not by sight. You have to walk on faith and not by sight with something quite literal as this. And Jacob then, um, he's presented his two grandsons by Joseph. 
Now, the one good thing is, remember, Joseph has been this high official. Some even counted him as equal to Pharaoh. It's such a high uh, capacity where God has blessed him to be in the land of Egypt. Such a high honor and such a high place to be on earth at this point. Second in command of probably the, uh, the most powerful nation on earth at this point. And yet he comes to his father's bed and he bows. And he bows. He still has respect and honor for his own dad. I think something like that, and uh, I, I read and hear something like that, and I think a lot of us, um, we could probably say some of that is lost in our society today. Some of that kind of level of reverence for our elders is lost. Um and is slipping away in our society. It's definitely something that I think we should be in reverence for and almost remind ourselves that never forget where you come from. To a point, never forget where you come from. And Joseph bows to his father. And he presents his two uh, grandsons here. And he puts Ephraim to his left and this is to Joseph's left, and to Manasseh to his right. So therefore, in a way, then he's already pre-positioned for the grandfather for Israel to put his left hand. And he has to cross his hands. He has to cross his hands to then put his right hand on Ephraim. And then cross his other hand to put it on Manasseh. He does this very intentionally and deliberately. Although Joseph kind of looks at it as, wait a minute. Poor old man can't see right. <laughs> he starts it out his blessing, first blessing Joseph. And then Joseph kind of interrupts him and says, hey, dad, yo, you, you got your right hand over my young son. That's not that's not how this goes. My older son should be getting the higher uh, the higher blessing. Uh, because the right hand of um, any father in giving a blessing, the cultural understanding is that that's God's strength being blessed over you is through the right hand. So there's significance and importance with the right hand here um, in in how they understand and see God. We still see that today throughout um, scripture with why Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. The strength is through the right hand. But he puts his right hand on Ephraim and his left hand on Manasseh. He does this very intentionally. Joseph thinks this poor old man just can't see. He tries to straighten his hand out and said, no, no, the, you got your right hand on the second born, not the first born. 
But he says, I know, my son, I know. He also shall become a people, and he also shall be great. But truly, his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his descendants shall become a multitude of nations. We see that ultimately these, this idea of firstborn is not necessarily the quite literal of who is firstborn. Most often when we read it as an English context and we kind of see firstborn, we're thinking automatically the first to come out of the womb, the firstborn physically. Even when we talk about twins, they, we even... It's even a common question today. Oh, out of the twins, who's the one that came out first? But here, the firstborn is not. The firstborn is more, in a biblical sense, a chosen position of preeminence, a position of high blessing. It's not necessarily the physicalness of who came out of that womb first, we even see this as a description of Jesus himself, uh, Colossians 1.15, uh, Jesus as firstborn of every creature uh, in that scripture. But here, and so many people kind of get their minds unfortunately wrapped around this idea of called firstborn, where it's not a physicalness, it's a position of high blessing, of preeminence. Jesus specifically is, is the firstborn of everything, of everyone, of all, because of his highest position. Not that Jesus was created, because he wasn't. It's that where his position is, is why he was considered and called firstborn. This is a biblical uh, Jewish and now Christian uh, if you will, Christianese or cultural way of saying of a very high preeminence, high blessing position. And so we see that also in, uh, in between that King David was also the firstborn, but he wasn't. He was physically the youngest of his brothers, but he was in the position of the firstborn and was chosen to be king. So there's some kind of terminology for you to kind of, as you we continue to read the Bible and see whenever you hear firstborn, is it the firstborn, how are they describing it? Is it the physicalness in which they were, the order in which they were born? Or is this a position in which God has called them into? We see this blessing that is not just for them, but it's a blessing that continues to go on. It's a blessing that is going uh, beyond just their life, but it's a generational blessing. This blessing is now becoming a tree, if you will, that branches out into 12 different ways, and ultimately actually 13, to rise up a whole nation. God is so faithful. What's going on in your life? 
What's going on? What has been going on in your life? How has God been faithful in such a way that you didn't even foresee it? How has God been faithful in such a way that not only is just your life, but you're starting to see it in other generations? I know Pastor Harry and many of those that are um, have more hands-on with our fusion youth, I guarantee you they have stories of seeing how God is working in not just individual lives, but in generational lives. In generations that continue to get passed on, where blessings, where fulfillments, where miracles are happening throughout generations. God is so much bigger than our own individual lives. God is so much bigger than our own individual circumstances that sometimes we get so bogged down by. We need to focus on that God is so much bigger. God is looking at the bigger picture. Just imagining and looking at the family here of all the way back to Abraham, just up to Joseph on such a, a crazy, twisted mess of a family that is going on here, and that God continues to be faithful and bless through this family, through all of the Jerry Springer episodes that are going on uh, throughout the generations of this family. God is still faithful with his promises. Don't ever think God can't do something in your life because of the crazy Jerry Springer episodes going on in your family. Things can still happen regardless. God is greater than sin. We sometimes always want to kind of look at things in such a, a narrow point of view because quite honestly, that's all our brain can handle to a point. But if our God was finite to just that, is he really a God worth worshiping? Absolutely not. Because our God is so much bigger, sees so much bigger. Sometimes we even think about, man, I wish I didn't have to do, or, or if I could go back and get rid of xyz part of my life who's ever said that who's ever oh man you know what in my life i could have i could have done without that that period of in my whole timeline i could have done without that part right there or i could have done without maybe even right now but if we took out one of those pieces. If we took out Joseph's being thrown in the pit by his brothers, a part where I guarantee you he probably would have said, if I could go back and change how my life went, I, I would like to take that part out where my brothers wanted to get rid of me and threw me in a pit and almost killed me. And then finally I got sold into slavery. I, I would have, that whole jail part, that, that whole period in my, I would have got rid of that. But guess what? If he got rid of that, he would have never been second in command of Egypt. He would have never been in this position where his brothers and his father are looking to him instead of the other way around. We don't often see that 
as we have to walk through the valley of shadow of death to get to that other side that God has for us. So, yes, thank God for your blessings. Yes, thank God for your salvation. Yes, thank God for all of the good miracles and everything else he's done in your life. But also thank God for the trials, for the tribulations, for the issues, for the problems, because they've all been part of your development. They've all been part of your timeline to get to where you are. And if you're in something right now where it's like, I, this is right now is the time I wish I wasn't in. Keep holding on to God. Keep holding on to his hand as he walks with you through the valley. Because there's something amazing on the other side. And I know there's so many other people here at Fusion Church that can that has been through something similar in your life. But they've gone through the other side. And they have seen God's faithfulness. Just as we're reading about God's promise and faithfulness through multiple generations here that ultimately line up to Jesus to our salvation through him. So we get to do this today. God is in control. There is a purpose for it all. So I pray that this encourages you to keep walking. Keep holding on to God. Keep understanding that his promises are yes and amen. And never fail. Now, he has a blessing for you, too. So let's walk into this weekend with our heads held high. We have a worship night coming up this Sunday night as well, where we get to worship our Lord for being so faithful, for being so loving, so gracious, that he sent his only son to die for you and I. I pray this encourages you to finish your week strong and head into the weekend with a head held high, knowing that God's got your back. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you this morning for uh, your encouragement. Your, your, just seeing your faithfulness work through such a family, through, through such circumstances, through generations that quite honestly, in our own mind, would not be deserving of it. But may we also turn that around and say that we're not deserving of it either. That all of us have fallen short of your glory. But Lord, you sent your only son to die for us because you love us so much. Because you loved us first, you sent the one and final sacrifice so that our sins can be washed away and so we can worship you and have a relationship with you. Lord, we just thank you right now for all that you have done in our lives, all that you are doing in so many people's lives right now. Lord, we, we just can't wait to hear of more stories of your faithfulness in so many people's lives. 
We pray that your name is famous and made even more famous throughout generations from here on forward. Lord, we thank you. It is in your precious son's name we pray. Amen.